0: Welcome into episode eight of the Kentucky Round Ball Roundup, your favorite. Kentucky basketball, BBNBA, Kentucky women's basketball, all of that jazz podcast here on the KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I am happy to be joined once again by the one and only Zach Gagan of Kentucky Sports Radio. Zach, how are you?
1: The one and only. I like that. Thank you very much. I'm feeling great. We're doing, uh, we're doing strictly BBNBA stuff today because we are one, officially one day into the 2020-21 season after a, a short little offseason.
0: And uh, it's also because the Kentucky basketball team is not very good right now. And no fun to talk about. Not a whole lot to talk about, and you know me—I'm just Mr. Bright, Optimistic, Peachy, Happy Dandy guy, and yeah, I just—I just don't want that negativity in my life right now. We talk about it enough. Uh, we're going to have our typical Friday episode where we're going to get into all that fun jazz, but I don't—you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time, man. Like I don't need—I don't need that in my life. It, yeah, it's only good vibes only. So, yeah. uh, so this episode is going to be dedicated entirely to you know a, a Zach wrote a, a phenomenal article on KSR last night pat himself on the back it's fantastic uh, basically the BBNBA mega preseason preview for fans to dive into it's basically all the top storylines all the top players and and we wanted to to use this episode to serve as an audio version of his post as a kind of a, a breakdown team by team not necessarily player by player because I know you guys would get bored by f- number 15 because there's 31 players on active rosters going into this this season so that would just take up too much time but we wanted to kind of give big uh, overarching storylines and and things to watch out for and you know possible MVP candidates you know st- fun stuff like that as we officially get into the NBA season so Zach obviously this is like your Christmas and it's happening around Christmas so I, just how excited are you from, from the jump? Well, I think I said
1: last time we were here that I was kind of still, you know, working my way into the hype train of the NBA. And part of that was just because you know, college basketball starting. So I was I was investing all my time into that. And normally, you know, NBA starts months ago and we only had a 71, 72 day off season. So the quick turnaround kind of got me a little bit, but I'm here. I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, the games last night were pretty good, even though they were kind of blowouts. It was really just fun to see, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Steph Curry, uh, who else was out there? Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Like that was, it was pretty good opening night. So that kind of got me going a little bit. And then obviously writing that big old post for KSR made me realize just how amazing the Kentucky aspect of this whole uh, BBNBA thing is uh, with the 31 players and all that. So what we're going to try and, yeah, like you said, we're going to try and touch on all those topics that I did, maybe add on a couple things that I didn't get to talk about too much. Like, I didn't get, I didn't even talk about Carl Anthony Towns in my post, so we might talk a little bit about him uh, today. But where do you think we should uh, start off with today? Or actually, you know, oh. how, how excited are you for the season is actually really what <sighs> I should ask.
0: Well... It is game night oh. for the Boston Celtics. We are taking on the Milwaukee Bucks at 7.30 on TNT. And I am very, I'm, I'm very excited for my season, personally. No former Wildcats this year. I got lucky with Enos Cantor this past season, um, even on. though he was kind of a net negative every time he was on the floor. But he's a very lovable, fun, sweet guy. So I, I very much enjoyed having him on the roster. But this season, no former Wildcats. In fact, if –
1: None on the Cavs really, either for me.
0: If you really think about usual. it, the Celtics are probably the team I should be like. I should like the least, considering it's Kimball Walker, who was a UK killer. Uh, I mean, shoot, just go down the list: Jason Tatum, Duke guy, Jalen Brown, former UK recruit that uh, decided to take a a bag over uh, over Kentucky's cow, offer, baby. live <laughs> um, on the beach. Go. Yeah. You, you just go down the list of, of Celtics players. And there's really no reason I should like the Celtics, but I do. Uh, Rajon Rondo is the reason that I became a Celtics fan and I'm, you know, I don't really like him as a player anymore, but that's fine. I, he, he's still the reason I became a Celtics fan. So Rondo's I'm very wife, much excited. Rondo's wife has a mean right hook. She does. She does. Um That was a very funny video. Uh, <laughs> funny. Yeah. It, I guess it was funny in, in, in a in, way. In a way, in a way, um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for the Celtics season. I'm excited to just you know, 31 players I believe mm-hmm. are on op- opening day rosters for, yep. for with all the rookies Kentucky and all that. Players. I think
1: that includes Ashton Hagens and Nick Richards.
0: That's fine. That's that, they're on opening day rosters, so yep. good good on them. Um, so real quick, let's just rapid fire down the list of players in the league right now that are from Kentucky. Bam Adebayo, Eric Bledsoe, Devin Booker, Willie Cauley-Stein, Demarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, Hamid, Hamid Diallo, De'Aaron Fox, Wendy and Gabriel, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Tyler Hero, Keldon Johnson, Enos Cantor, Kevin Knox, Trey Lyles, Darius Miller, Malik Monk, Michael Mulder, Jamal Murray, Nerlens Noel, Patrick Patterson, Julius Randall, Rajon Rondo, Carl Anthony Towns, Jared Vanderbilt, John Wall, PJ Washington, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Nick Richards, and Ashton Hagens. Wow, the people! that's a lot of people, a lot of teams to be excited about, a lot of storylines to be excited about. Um, so that's what we're going to do here. We're going to kind of go down a list of, you know, just overarching topics and we'll just kind of see where that conversation takes us. So let's start. First up, under the radar players that you think are, uh, that, that, that deserve a little bit more credit than they are currently getting and you know might not necessarily poised for a breakout that might be an individual category because that could be star player or not but I guess they can kind of be lumped together under the radar player slash uh, a player maybe poised for a breakout this season Zach where are you starting there?
1: Um, Well I guess I can give you two I think the the big name would be Devin Booker because even though he's not necessarily under the radar anymore after his bubble outburst he is now in a situation where he has Chris Paul and this Phoenix Suns might, well, they should honestly probably make the playoffs this year. So expectations are going to be a little bit high for Booker. They're not, you know, the Suns aren't as bad as they have been. They actually seem so kind of competent with James Jones running that team. Um, so now that they've got uh, a little bit of expectations, it'll be interesting to see how Booker handles that. He did quite well with all of his, you know, obviously the, the, the 8-0 record in the bubble. But like I've said on this before, um, I would like to see those, you know, that expand into a a bigger sample size, you know, where the last four games weren't just teams kind of taking games off and stuff like that. So I really think we need a big year from Booker um, and I think we're going to get it. It is also kind of hard to, you know, improve off of 27 points per game on really good efficiency. But the idea Mm -hmm. of bringing Chris Paul on board is that he does average 27 points instead of shooting Forty-three percent from the field, or whatever it is, you know he's shooting close to forty-nine or something like that. I think his numbers actually better than forty-three, but you get what I'm saying. So yeah, that's that he's 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 going to be under the radar just because they could still he'll still play for Phoenix, but uh big expectations at least for me with Devin Booker. And then if you want to look at a couple of other players that not necessarily poised for breakout years, because I have I have players that need to or that I think need to have yeah. big years. But um in terms of players that just can. I think you're gonna you're gonna hear a big or their name more often. Is um, I would like to say Shade Gildas Alexander because I think he's gonna play a lot more, um, but I don't think the Thunder are gonna be any good at all. So you might just not hear of him. But I think Kelden Johnson is still the name that I've That's been the one. I've been riding off of uh, his bubble play and even the play before the season was postponed back in March or whatever it was. So the uh, the Spurs are kind of in a weird, not necessarily rebuilding situation because they still have DeRozan and Aldridge, but they're going to. Uh, feed more minutes to these younger guys they've been talking about they've been hyping up Kelden Johnson and Derek White John J. Murray and they just picked up that Vassal kid from um, Florida State I think is where he came from so they've got a lot of uh, youth talent that they're going to start embracing as long as or that's what it seems so I think Kelden Johnson is going to be getting more run and you're going to be hearing a lot of his name even if the Spurs aren't necessarily that great they're going to try and make the playoffs regardless so you'll still I think Kelden Johnson will be getting some some decent and important run but those are my two players that I'm gonna that I would say for this.
0: Well, to uh, cut in and make sure you don't steal any of mine, because P- uh, uh, because Keldon was going to be my number one guy. But uh, running down the list a little bit, I'm going to say PJ Washington. I mm-hmm. think that uh, the Absolutely. Charlotte Hornets. I think the Charlotte Hornets are very much in love with him. They've been experimenting with him as a small ball five. Uh, very very obvious that they see him as the you know one of their premier pieces moving forward so you know that's going to be i mean watching them in the preseason it's very clear that the hornets are a they're going to be a i don't know how good they're going to be but they're going to be an entertaining team led by they will um, fight for the you know, playoffs. they will led, try and make Led the playoffs. by lamello ball uh terry rogier's there um gordon hayward just signed a stupid 120 million dollar contract and left my celtics which <laughs> good on them sign that you know get, get that money but yikes um i i still Too don't much. understand the the idea of paying him $120 million, but you know what? Good for him. It's going to be a very unique, very interesting team. I'm still curious about what Miles Bridges can be uh, on that team. Can he be that, you know, star, stretch for wing athletic you know what what is he in this league is he going to be an aaron gordon or is he going to be a? you know what 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 is his what is his future so i'm excited to see that but pj washington is definitely going to be one of their core guys moving forward um let me, let me, that, let me jump in real quick on that
1: i uh, i i really agree with that pj washington i think the hornets if you just kind of look up and down you know with with lamello ball Devonte graham gordon hayward pj washington We'll talk a little bit more about Malik Muck in a second, but they really don't have a bad team. And obviously, like you said, they're way in on PJ Washington. So now that the Hornets are going to actually be trying to win games, you're going to be hearing more and more about PJ outside of his first game, you know, where he had the 27 points or whatever. So
0: go ahead. Absolutely. Um, The other guy that I I don't know which one to pick. So I think I'm going to just do both. And that'll kind of lead us into our next segment, because I'm sure we both have some hot takes and, um, just things to get off of our chest vent, a venting moment for the Houston Rockets. I think this is a massive, massive year for both DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall for both of their images. I thought they both looked fantastic in the preseason, not just numbers and jacking up threes and all that because preseason you can't get much, but they're just the their look on the court how John Wall was moving it's still not clear if he's back to his you know John Wall speed John Wall athleticism quickness uh but he was doing a lot of the same all-star John Wall stuff that we saw moving in transition going behind the back doing just cr- you know fun crazy stuff uh, and DeMarcus Cousins he looked very confident you know still kind of that bulky Trotting big man guy. I mean, you. It's very clear that he's still he's lost a step or two because of uh, of his very significant injuries. But he has proven that he can still make a, a high impact at this level, um, even if it's in short spurts or whatever the case is. And depending on how this these next couple weeks go with the John with the James Harden saga, those are going to be their two star players. Those are going to be the front line. The, the 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 people they're going to be the yeah but they're going to be the players that put butts in seats even if it's vert even if it's virtually they're going to be the ones Mm -hmm. that sell jerseys they're going to be the 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 hot ticket item players so they're going to be a lot of eyes on the houston rockets no matter what happens with the james harden situation especially if he gets traded because That is going to be, it's going to be their team. It's going to be John Wall's team. How is he going to be able to take that over uh, without, you know, a Bradley Beal alongside him? I know they have Christian Wood, they have, you know, PJ Tucker, some some other pieces, but their success is going to be completely solely based on how good John Wall is and how good DeMarcus Cousins are and their health. So, that's a big ask. They're coming off of very significant injuries. So uh, I'm me being my optimistic stuff. I'm going to say that, that they're going to take this in stride and not going to, they're not going to be the same players they were before pre-injury, but I, I'm expecting a breakout return to, uh, you know, not stardom, but pr- production this season, because they need to, it's, it's going to be a, if they don't, the, the team sucks. So the, they their hands are kind of forced at this point. Well, and they've been put in just the shittiest
1: situation with James Harden, who's, I mean, he's just addicted to strip clubs at this point or something's <laughs> just seriously wrong with him. I don't – It might be a a
0: club that was for a
1: birthday. Yeah, a, like he uh, said that, a, like – Well, first celebrity. of all, who's he think he's lying to with that one, like at this point? Yeah. So – John Wall and Demarcus Cousins, for all intents and purposes, they've handled the situation about as well as they can. They haven't said anything wrong. They haven't really said anything at all, which is probably the way to go about this. Um, but I've, I even mentioned it in the in my big preview post that I'm I want James Harden to get traded at this point because the second he's as long as James Harden is still in Houston, no matter who's the coach, they're going to run that same offense where it's more or less feed Harden the ball and let him just kind of do his thing, especially when your team is you know more or less a bunch of role players and then Christian Wood, who we still don't really have a huge sample size on. So I would like to see James Harden just gone and get out of here, go to Brooklyn. So John Wall can take over and Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. And the thing with DeMarcus is like, he's just, he was the lowest, lowest risk, highest, highest reward. Cause they gave him a veteran minimum and at worst, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is still a guy that can stretch the floor a little bit. And he's obviously, like you said, he's lost a step. It's pretty clear that the last two years of injury or year and a half has really hurt him. And even John Wall a little bit because, you know, by the time he takes the floor tonight, it'll be, it was December 26th of 2018, the last time he played a regular season game. So it'll be right at two years. full years. Right at two full years, which is just, it's like, it's not the same situation with his Achilles, like someone like Kevin Durant where you know kd kind of the same they're the same age when it happened more or less but kd doesn't necessarily rely on his speed all he has to do is just rise up over you so with john wall it'll be it'll be interesting to see especially over the course of a season if harden is gone and he has painted the keys to this offense essentially you know if they do trade away Harden i'm sure they'll get another piece or two that'll help aid him a little bit um, along with whatever treasure chest of picks that they try and get but yeah definitely definitely going to be some big seasons for them i don't think there's Massively high expectations for Houston, especially if James Harden leaves. I really don't think the Rockets are a playoff team. Um, even if he even if he does stay, I think it's going to be too much of a distraction. Because like like especially with what happened earlier today with the news of you know him having to miss the games because of more strip club things. Like so, it's just it's clear that that relationship is going to end. It could it could very well be by the time this podcast ends that this guy gets traded. Because it, I mean, I, if I were the Rockets, I'd be fed up at this point. But. That's, that, that relationship's going to end sometime soon. So John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins are going to get a chance to revitalize their career at 30 years old, you know, as teammates for the first time in 10 years. So that'll, that, that'll be cool just overall. And they'll be a fun league pass team, even if they only win 30 games.
0: Well, that takes us into our very next question. Who is the must-watch team for Kentucky players or, or Kentucky fans? I, I think there's an like, obvious answer. But it's, it's like, almost, do you want to root for them? You know? I, I feel like we've gotten to this point where there are 31 player, former Wildcats in the NBA. Um, you know, there, there's almost this stigma right now around Kentucky in the NBA because of how poor the team is doing right now, that every time you post something on KSR, every time we talk about it or whatever, everybody says, I don't care about the, about the NBA, blah, blah, blah. But, we also need to realize that that's part of the sell to get the recruits. If, if the recruits don't see this NBA sustained NBA success, they're not going to want to come here. And then the team's going to be horrible because they're going to be raking in low five stars, high four stars. And yeah, they might stick around for a couple more years, but the immediate success is going to disappear right away. So fans should be rooting for, success even if they don't want to watch it or whatever the case is like that anthony davis
1: ring ceremony last night was just a giant pitch for it was like look anthony davis is the best player he was the second best player on the championship team alongside you know the best player on the planet come to kentucky you can kind of get a similar situation
0: so yeah so this 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 could be an opportunity this year with so many former guys so many likable guys i mean Emmanuel Quickly, Tyrese Maxey, both those guys were so, so likable. Nick Richards, even just in this last, this last group. But, you know, Carl Towns, you just go down the list. There are – Bam Adebayo, every single story that comes out on him is he's the greatest person to walk this planet. So mm-hmm. there are so many likable guys and cool storylines. So I want fans to attach themselves to at least one, one team this year. Be their guiding, guiding light. Tell them what the best situation for them. If they're looking to loosely follow a team full of former Kentucky Wildcats, who is that group?
1: Well, if you're just if you're looking for just the Kentucky connection, the obvious answer is the New York Knicks because they have four players, Kenny Payne, World Wide West, Leon Ritt, like just enough connections that they're trying they're it's kind of clear that they're trying to be some sort of Kentucky pipeline and you know potentially lure in some stars down the road. So if you're looking for for that, just the pure Kentucky connection, it's got to be the Knicks. Unfortunately, the Knicks are still going to be really, really bad this year, no matter how fun Emmanuel quickly and Kevin Knox have looked in the uh, in the preseason. They're still going to be really bad because Julius Randle might be the best player, and all of Julius Randle, he can't be the best player on a team that wants to make the playoffs. So they've still got the the Knicks have some issues. Um, if you're looking, if you're looking to win. Uh, the Heat would be your team to uh, clip onto if you already didn't from this past bubble. Uh, just with Bam bio and Tyler here, arguably two of the biggest fan favorites that have ever come through here. And yeah, you know, Tyler's Tyler's still going to continue to get better. bio. The, the Heat didn't really upgrade their roster this year, um, not at least tremendously. And I think part of that is the expectation that you know Bam continues to get better, which he probably will, along with Tyler, who showed at least in the bubble that he has the potential to be a. You know, I don't know how true it is that the that the Heat didn't want to trade Tyler Hero for James Harden because that's ridiculous. <laughs> if that were the, I'm yeah. sure there was obviously more moving parts. But if the Heat were like, no, we don't want to add Tyler Hero, we're not trading for James Harden, that would be a little ridiculous. But also at the same time, it would show you know that's how much the Heat really like Tyler Hero. So the the Heat are going to be fun in that aspect. And then um, another team that I might say to watch just because they'll be fun in general will be the Pelicans. Um, they got there, Eric, yeah. they got Eric Bledsoe. Um, uh, who got traded from Milwaukee and I think Eric Bledsoe is going to have a lot more fun this year just because the expectations won't be nearly as high. He won't have to you know, expect to be the, uh, and I even wrote this in the other post or the preview post, He's he was essentially the third star in quotes for that Bucks team when in reality that's just not uh, where he's supposed to be. I think I like his role right now, kind of mentoring Lon- the Lonzo Ball types and uh, Shea Gilgis is Alexander's uh, cousin, I, bl- I think it's his cousin, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, and then of course they have Zion and Brandon Ingram, so that'll be fun. And then winning Gabriel is also in the Pelicans, um, and he's every time it seems like he gets on the court, he always does something uh, you know almost noteworthy or at least tweet worthy. So uh, whenever he does play, they're fun to they're they're fun to watch. But those would be uh, just a couple of teams. I think this year's kind of unique in the fact that normally there's at least like a couple teams that have maybe three players. I think it's just the Knicks that have three former Kentucky players, and the rest are stuck at two.
0: Yeah, well. Uh, Actually, I just, the, I, I'm wrong about the that. Hornets, the Hornets have three. You're with right. With Malik Nick Monk, PJ Washington, and Nick, Nick Richards. And the Thunder um, have three because Darius Miller's there now. I did not – I forgot yes. about that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, outside, I think the Hornets are going to be Thunder a fun gonna be team. But yeah. Yeah, they're going to be very, very, very bad. Um, but the, the Hornets are going to – they're going to be a lot of fun mm-hmm. um, there's gonna be a lot of eyes on them because of lamella ball and what he brings uh yeah I, they're gonna be a good league pass team but yeah i keep going back to that rocket squad that's gonna be like the, that's the first group that that uk fans kind of fell in love with of the calipari era so that's gonna be you know it people are gonna have every every time the houston rockets are on people are gonna turn that on and go ah oh it's boogie and wall oh it's John Wall, boogie, yay. Like, yeah, so that's going to be a fun one. Uh, the Timberwolves have two with Jared Vanderbilt. That's one we haven't mentioned as well. He got some run in the, in the preseason, kind of showed that he's still the rebounding freak that we he saw still, him He at still has the potential,
1: and he's still young. Yeah. He's only – I think he's 22 now, so, I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. he's
0: um, – But, obviously, Cat, that's a big, big – this is a big year for him to kind of get back to his – Um, you know, dominating ways. And then what are your expectations for Kat
1: this year? Kind of, let's just kind of, let's, let's, uh, you know, acknowledge the entire scope of things where he's lost his mom and eight family members to COVID and all that. And he even said himself that basketball isn't going to be the therapy that it once was. So what, what should we reasonably expect from Kat on a, on a Timberwolves team? That's, eh, they're going to try and make the playoffs, but they would be very much a, their ceiling is the play-in tournament. And I, yeah. I would say they're probably going to be a team that you know by midseason rolls around they're going to be tanking a little bit towards the bottom, but they have some fun
0: pieces. So what do you what are you thinking? And just just in, in general with Cat, um, I don't think he's going to get back to the is he the best center in the NBA conversation that he was two three four years ago. Um, but I do think that. He is going to take a step up from this past season. You know, it was such a weird year that the midseason trade to get D'Lo, and just just it was obviously just a bizarre year for so many reasons. And then obviously the biggest hurdle he's had to cross is the family issues and and the death of his mother. And I mean, just just a tragic, tragic year for Cat. Uh, but I do think that he will ultimately find at least some level of of peace playing basketball. I know right now the idea of playing doesn't, you know, doesn't sound all that appealing for him. And he said that publicly, but I think when he kind of gets back into his groove and his rhythm and it kind of distracts him for a little while, I think it's the, the, you know, the, the idea of him, you know, playing for her and, you know, those those kind of narratives and storylines, I think that's going to kind of click in for him at some point. Uh, But yeah, I, I, I hope, I, I hope he has a, a, you know, takes a step up this season and becomes a player we all know he can be. But man, I just, I just couldn't even imagine. That's he's, he's a guy that I just, I, will appreciate every game he's out there. But I wouldn't blame him at all if he had to take some days off. And I mean, the, the dude has been through hell, so I'm, I'm rooting, rooting for him. But still, oh, it's, yeah, it's rough, man. It is. Yeah. I'd, I- I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know where what to expect
1: from Cat this year, just because in part of it is he dealt with a lot of injuries last year, and then towards the end of the season didn't really want to play just because the team was so bad. But, you know, even still, Cat is arguably the best offensive center in the NBA, um, and he's about to be 25 years old. You know, the, the Timberwolves aren't, they're not terrible. They got the nice piece in Delo like Joshua Kogi, Malik Beasley, who I'm a big fan of. He's actually one of my picks for most improved player. Um, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, there you go. So they have an, a nice, an interesting little team around them. It's probably gonna take a couple more years, but I think it'll be nice for Cat to just, you know, obviously I can't read his mind or anything, but you know, just to be able to, I think playing with no fans will benefit him a little bit, um, just because maybe it won't, you know, make him, th- you know, constantly think about, um, you know, all his, or like his mom not being there because he said that she, you know, was was at all those games. So hopefully that can kind of make him find a little bit of, just serenity when he's trying to play um yeah because you know even even with all that stuff you know cat still owed a lot of money and he's expected to perform so and i definitely think there will be times where the timberwolves ease back and you know give him some space and let him do his thing and uh this is going to be it's a shortened season it's only seven 72 games we should make that point so there's going to be and with the shortened offseason obviously it was longer for cat but i still think we're going to see them kind of take it easy with him um throughout the year but the expectations for him to be an all NBA player will still be there. So it will be an interesting, probably very tough year for him. Um, but the, if you want to watch the Timberwolves, they'd be a fun league
0: pass team. Yeah, definitely. And, and that. kind of hinting or kind of just on that note, at one point Kat seemed like he was destined to be an MVP candidate. I mean, he, he just felt like, you know, So that brings us to our next point who among former Kentucky Wildcats has the best shot at winning MVP this year, or at least, uh, at least contending for it. I know you are, uh, you you are all aboard the Devin Booker hype train. So let's Mm -hmm. just go on and, and, and get that rolling. Well, I definitely
1: do think it's Booker, or at least right now, I think I've even said when we did the max, I think I said that Darren Fox might be our best bet. Um, But after kind of, where we've we've seen with the bubble and all that and especially just now with how booker's situation is with chris paul um, because you're not going to win a vp unless you're a top five or four team in your conference or if you're West, russell westbrook and average a triple double you're just not going to win a vp so i think playing next to chris paul will be great because chris paul what he did with the thunder and Shea Gilgis alexander was kind of take the lead there and let shea learn but in phoenix chris paul is going to take the back seat and let Devin booker lead and through the preseason, you could tell that Booker is very much locked in. And that's, you know, I'm not going to talk about stats or anything because those don't really matter. But, you know, he was, he was talking shit to LeBron and Anthony Davis during there. Like he's, <laughs> he's ready to go and, and and play this year. So I'm, I don't think he'll, I think it would be really hard for him to win MVP because I think there's so many other players that are just like, I like Luka Doncic I, is my preseason pick. It's gonna be hard to root against Giannis, AD, LeBron, all these guys. So it'll just, and Damian Lillard, even I'm a big fan of this year. So it'll be hard for him to do it. But I think a top ten MVP finish is likely for Booker this year. Top three is my hot, 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 hot take. Uh, But his situation with the Suns, they just they have an actual good team now, and like they have good pieces that that I really like. Let me let me pull up their their roster real quick because you know outside of Chris Paul, they got DeAndre Ayton, who is. You know, kind of looked like he might not be a great pick at the beginning, but all of a sudden is playing like it's a. Turn it on, yeah. Yeah, a very much like a potential all star. So, um, and then they got a bunch of other pieces Dario Sarge, Jay Crowder, uh, Cam Johnson, um, Etuan Moore. They've got backups in Frank Kaminsky, uh, uh, or Mikhail Bridge, I didn't even mention, who's one of my favorite players in the league, is an excellent 3D and guy. So they've got, they have all the makings of a you know, a seven or an eight seed in the West that can kind of push Booker to some MVP dumb, because I think he has, he absolutely has the scoring and passing and playmaking skills to, to do all that. The defense for him is not necessarily a huge deal because he's six, six or whatever it is, or, and defense isn't necessarily his, his calling card, but he can, he can do well enough to, you know, not get burned every possession. So Devin Booker would definitely be my, my
0: pick. What about you? well you can take your devin booker and your hopes of him being in the conversation i'm going to take a guy that is already in the conversation and has been and anthony davis this is a dude that looked at times to be the best player in the world throughout the bubble throughout last i mean he he's always been last night he top, did yeah one of the top 5 top 10 players in the nba he he has been for the last several years but you could tell when the bright lights were on in the NBA finals and, and just throughout the bubble, he, it was like something clicked with him or he's like, okay, this is why I, I demanded a trade out of new Orleans. I, I took the, I took the temporary hit with my, you know, with, with my persona and who, you know, as a fan favorite in New Orleans, he he was willing to take that temporary hit, knowing that this would be the reward at the end of the day. And when he kind of got that sense of, okay, I belong here. This is, this is my team. The, yeah, LeBron's here, but I am the future of the Los Angeles Lakers. It was a very cool development for him to see that he like, it, I mean, you could just see the on court, just, just development for him and yeah we even saw it last night i mean his his mid-range three-point shot i mean that has developed so so well he's already just one of the most polished inside uh, offensive threats obviously one of the best defensive players just ever i mean at at some point we're going to be talking about him among the all-time greats on on the defensive end of the floor so that's a guy that yeah we you know we can talk about uh you know the Dar- Darren foxes of the world and the devin bookers and maybe even cad and you know some of those guys but if we're talking about an immediate MVP threat, I mean, there's, there's just no way you can't talk about Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, that's just, or Anthony Davis, Davis. but I mean, it's, it's happening. It is. Well, he's in a,
1: he's in a perfect situation. Like, you know, he just got the mega deal, the 190 or was it 190 or was it 200? I think it was 190 for Uh, his with more, with more incentive to go up or something like that. So, you know, he's cashed out. He's got the next five years in LA. The the Lakers somehow got younger with their team while adding more talent. you know they got rid of Javale McGee. Obviously, they added Marcus Hall, which is like, he's old, but whatever. Uh,
0: Marcus Hall is
1: trash. He's terrible. He Absolute is, but, trash. But Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> Wesley Matthews. Um, help me out here. Who else did they pick? I mean, the team just it, the team got better. Uh, T- is the future. Taylor Horton Tucker is about to be the next Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma's not that good. Taylen Horton Tucker is actually pretty good. So I can I can I'll give Lakers fans the benefit of the doubt there that horton tucker might actually be somewhat good but kyle kuzma was just never looked even still he he's not good. great he's not good. um but yeah so the lake like in like, obviously lebron james is still we saw last night he's still the best player in the planet um which is um, incredible to say because he's turns 36 in a couple days here uh and it was it was didn't espn rank eight or lebron in ad one and two ahead of yeah. Giannis? Yeah. Which is, that's pretty, you know, it's pretty bold. I might still put Giannis at two, but I, Anthony Davis is easily, is probably your number three, you know, behind with guys like Harden and Quiet Leonard. So that's, it's, he's definitely, Davis is definitely going to be, you know, my rational brain will tell me that Luka, Good, Giannis, and
0: AD will be your top three MVP candidates in some order um, this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you go down the list. I don't know if there's anybody else that you can, you know, really think of as, as an MVP candidate. I mean, I think we've, we've kind of nailed all those, but yeah, I just, just the fact that, that we're even in position right now that the Kentucky program, Kentucky programs in position to have multiple potential MVP candidates is just stupid. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just dumb, um, but good. It's going to get good, better. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are. It, it's, things are looking good. All right. I'm going to keep going down the list um let's well,
1: I, let's, let's talk. there's some players i want to talk about too, in particular players that need to have big seasons and the ones i wrote okay. about in the uh, in my post were malik monk and kevin knox would you agree with with my with my
0: statement there that those two need to have the by far seasons of the 31 players by far yeah, yeah. i mean malik monk is a guy that he took a reputation hit for some of the off-court stuff this yeah. last year the judge just all, just on the court i mean he just hasn't looked like the you know isn't it just so funny how malik monk seemed like the guy when when coming out of college where you're like there's no way he fails i mean he's an athletic freak can score 40 points on any given night just you know confidence out you know just with a with a green light the dude can just light anybody up uh, you know from from three dunk on somebody i mean the dude the dude just does everything and for him to to just kind of not figure it out that, as long as it's as it's taken him, I mean, it, I gotta admit, I mean, yeah, it's shocking me. I mean, I, th- I thought he was. If I was gonna take, if I was gonna bet between De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk coming out of college, I, I mean, I still would have said De'Aaron Fox would be a star. But I thought Malik Monk would be slightly above him at this at this stage, and he's not even close. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, De'Aaron Fox just signed a a max deal looks you know he's he has money out the wazoo malik monk did did he did he get he got uh, the fourth the, team option so he'll, he'll did he get he's, the four,
1: he's with the team for at least
0: next year so he's not getting he he did not get the get the extension that some of these other guys are getting or no no, so. no i'm
1: sorry uh, kevin knox got his fourth year malik monk is just this year he'll be a restricted free agent at the end of the year he did not so get he the did extension. that's an
0: issue yeah that's yeah. that's this is yeah I but he wasn't like, worth this it you know
1: he he was not worth it he wouldn't have been worth any sort of extension so it made sense to you know give him that fourth team option which is this coming year and then let him be a restricted free agent, and you know kind of see what he does because he hasn't been terrible you know he, he definitely hasn't been good by any means the best spurt that he had was um a 13 game stretch right before he got suspended um wonder why yeah i don't know if it had something to do do with that at all or you know we won't speculate about what his uh suspension was for but it wasn't for from what we know it wasn't for like performance enhancers it was for like you know like drugs and drug drugs 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 so uh so maybe he was just like you know wired out of his mind and was playing really well i hope not um but then the season got canceled and all that and whatever so it kind of just all It all happened at the worst time for him, but he did get reinstated in June. So, and he also had COVID actually uh, like a month ago, maybe not even a month ago he had COVID. I think he was still kind of like a day to day guy as of last week uh, because he was dealing with that stuff. So, but the Hornets have, they've brought him back in. They've, I've seen reports that they've, you know, after his reinstation, they've talked to him, he's ready to go. He's all bought in, you know, all the other uh, PR stuff that you have to say to make sure a players uh, seems like he's back on track. So We'll see how they and like we were talking about earlier, the Hornets are going to be kind of good, so they're going to expect Malik Monk to play and play well. And they've got you know he's kind of a, a almost a, a tweener between like a one and a two and even a three at times. And they've got Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, Lamelo Ball. They've got guys that are going to soak up some of those minutes, and even Miles Bridges, like you were saying. So um, big, big year for him because if he doesn't play well, I would be you know if he kind of does the same thing he's did in his, for his last three years where he's putting up nine points a game on 39% shooting, he probably won't have a spot in the NBA next year.
0: Yeah, and shooting right now is so valuable. I mean, that's the, that's where this league is trending. He is seen as a shooter, and I stupid Cal, Cal quote, the shot makers, not shot takers. Right. He is a shot taker right now, and anybody can be signed on and, and do that right now. He, I mean, he has to get more efficient. He He's has to, to make them. To, just, just got to have some level of consistency. I'm, I'm, I have your post up right now. Uh, he had, he averaged 17 points per game, 3.6 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and 1.2 turn turn or 1.9 turnovers a game in those 13 games. Um, he started 28 minutes per too. game, so you know shooting splits of 45, 46, 35, and 85. So that's good. That's that's what you. That's what they need out of him. And he doesn't even need to average 17. I mean, if he gets in that 13, 14, you know, just, just to prove that, Hey, I belong here. That's yeah. I I definitely think that is, that's where he needs to be. He was on that, on that track before, you know, his season got derailed and V season got derailed, but
1: um, It'll it'll
0: be a better season. I do think he'll play well this year because I thought he showed signs
1: of, you know, being a better playmaker, Last year. It's just, it's going to, what's going to be tough is, you know, it, he's not going to be able to score 17 points a game because they're going to have guys, just so many more players around him that can do that now. So if he, he might still average only 10 points a game this year, but as long as he's shooting like, if he's shooting on splits of 45, 35, and 85, playing 20 minutes a game, he will stay in the league and someone's going to pick him up and try and continue to work with him. And it might be Charlotte if they, you know, if they like what they see. So
0: big, big year for him. Yeah, and, and Kevin on, Knox. Well, on that note, Kevin Knox—that is the guy. So I, I somehow got thrown into this this New York Knicks podcast. That it's it's a pretty prominent one, um, and they just keep asking me to come back on it and talk about the you know the, the former UK players on the Knicks. And I've I've been on there like three or four times. Uh, just, just in within the last several months before the draft and, you know, late in last season leading up to the draft, you know, they asked me about Tyrese Maxey, Emmanuel Quickley, Kenny Payne being brought on. You know, they, they, they've brought me on several different times. And the one question that they always asked me was, dude, what the heck do we have in Kevin Knox? We have no idea. And every time I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. Because we all kind of – we can he's all kind of tell. He's kind that, of the same player he was when he was at UK, even still. But – But the potential we saw in him at at Kentucky, because, I mean, like that West Virginia game, we Mm -hmm. were like, if he plays like he did against West Virginia in, you know, throughout the season or in the NCAA tournament or, you know, even when he finally got to the NBA, we're like, dude, this, this dude could be a star, you know, six foot nine, six foot 10 long, just, you know, have that athletic, you know, people were comparing him to Kevin, Kevin Durant there for like late in high school that long I can score at all three levels type guy, uh, but man hit the start to his NBA career has just just not been not been great average six point four points two point eight rebounds less than one assist uh, and in seventeen point nine minutes per game shooting splits of 36, 32, and sixty five which is just gross um, yeah <laughs> really this is. is this is this is a dude that. Needs to pick up his game. I mean, if if he he did not get he did get the team extension, the the just the, the team option, but he they they haven't even touched it a, a long term extension with him uh, thus far. Uh, but well, oddly enough, Emmanuel quickly has kind of like unlocked something in him that you, Knicks fans are like, dude, I wasn't expecting this. I don't know why he looks better with Emmanuel quickly on the floor, but he is. I, you know, some of these highlights they're showing, I mean, Kevin Knox shot looks better, whatever they're, whatever the passes are coming from Emmanuel quickly for whatever reason. And I think that's a positive development for Nick fans. And, you know, obviously former for both former Wildcats, Emmanuel quickly has a go-to guy as a catch and shoot guy and quickly is obviously doing his thing as well. So yeah, it's, it's a good development, but very, very big season for Knox. I'll,
1: I'll reiterate a couple of points I made in my post, but you know, the, Kevin Knox's rookie year, he wasn't that bad in terms of, you know, his numbers and all that. It was his sophomore year last year where the Knicks did this thing where they signed Bobby Portis and Noah and just 40, like
0: 45 power
1: forward. And they, yeah. they signed every power forward under the sun and just clogged their front court. And then immediately from then the first 10 games of the season, you knew that this team wasn't going to be good. And they continued to play veterans. Kevin Knox's numbers got cut in half. His confidence was completely dropped. Like, I don't know, there's, the Knicks coaching staff was just, they were terrible at what they were trying to do. It was just a dumb scheme. It obviously didn't work. You know, having Julius Randle be the best player on your team really isn't. You. <laughs> you know, I can reiterate this as much as I want, but like, the reason that, you know, Knox probably looks better with Quickly on the floor is because Quickly's gonna pass him the ball. Julius Randle, just, he spins in the paint, and I understand why Knicks fans are upset and annoyed with him because I like Julius Randle as a player, but he's got to be the third or fourth best player. He can't be the the main ball handler. And I think that's what, you know, even with R.J. Barrett's kind of the same way, not necessarily, you know, to the same
0: degree, but they're... R.J. Barrett is the six handlers. foot seven, the six foot seven version of Julius Randle. Yeah, there you go. And that's like a good way to compare it. So they don't, necessarily,
1: I think now with having Thibodeau as the head coach and obviously with Kenny Payne and... There will be, they will guide him a little bit easier and they're going, they're embracing this little youth movement that they're doing. So he's going to get more clock for sure. And he just has to
0: play better, is really, is really all it is. But, you know, going down the list, I don't know if there's anybody else. You know, I guess Eric Bledsoe is probably that other guy um, that he's kind of taken a reputation hit for not being able to perform yeah, those, in the playoffs. And, and, you know, it was kind of, it was pretty clear that he wasn't the guy. And, in milwaukee that's why they traded him out and somehow got drew holiday out of the deal and the somehow is by giving up a hundred thousand the draft, entire draft picks for him uh which is just true. not m- nonsense i'm a big drew holiday fan i wanted the celtics to trade for him but what a horrible decision that was to just yeah. m- trade away your entire future for the i mean I'm to be hoping fair, that
1: Giannis, Giannis signed his long-term deal so to be fair
0: Good. So that means that their future is going to be Chris Middleton, Giannis and Drew holiday. Does, is that going to win you a title? No, no. no. Um, yeah. And they have no flexibility for, for anything in the future draft or trade. They, they have no trade prospects anymore. They have no yep. draft capital. Their, their team is what it is right now. So it could go very wrong, very quickly for the books. Good luck. Um, yeah. uh, outside of that, um willie collie maybe is a guy that he's kind of he's definitely kind of teetering at this point into that no season he's he's kind of that Nurlands noel is he going to be just a solid role player for the rest of his career we don't know if he has that potential to you know be the elite defensive you know Tyson Chandler type guy we kind of thought he could be out of mm. college which is depressing and you know why I, I thought he could be that guy but he's just um, the the lack does, of an
1: offensive game is really hurting him at this point because like a Nerlens Noel he's just not as good as because like to Nerland's credit he's built a career out of you know on one year five million dollar deals of him just playing backup center and doing it perfectly so if Willie Kelly Stein could potentially fill a role like that he's just not that good right now.
0: Yeah, and so I, I guess Trey Lyles is another one that he can mm-hmm. find himself out of out of the league rather quickly if if he doesn't pick things up. But mm-hmm. outside of that, I mean, things are pretty much smooth sailing. Rondo looks good. Patrick Patterson. Rondo's with the of, Hawks. We should point that uh, out. Uh, Patterson's kind of fill, filled in that solid role as the, as a bench you know, bench three and D guy for, for the Clippers. Um, I like Enos Cantor back in the Blazers. I think that'll be fun. That's a good fit. Um, good for him, even though he's not a very good player at all anymore and that's fine. Nope, he's not, but
1: he helps Portland with what they're trying to do off the bench, you know, just come in like, as long as he can do what he did during those playoffs two seasons ago, I, th- I guess it was Reno you know, just come and play hard and grab offensive rebounds. That's really all that they are going to need from him. And Michael Porter right, well, uh, played pretty well last night too, even in it. Was eight
0: points. Poopy garbage yeah. minutes. He still played well. It's all right. He he looked good. He th- he got a quote from Steve Kerr after the game that he said he Let's is going more. to be moving up the. He's going to be moving up the rotation. There were sort like source talk from the the Golden State beat writers that said Steve Kerr thinks he's the second best shooter on the team behind Steph. Like, I and, didn't see that. That's that's not really saying much because that's <laughs> Andrew Wiggins good, is probably their, number two. Well, Andrew Wiggins, that's another thing. That dude, he's trash. Wow, that, yeah, he's isn't really it funny? Do you remember back in the Sports Illustrated days, back in twenty? I remember the day Andrew Wiggins signed to Kansas. Well, that's what I'm saying. Before before then, the who's next? Who's going to be the next LeBron? And it was either Jabari Parker or Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Oh, Can Whoa. you believe that, that their careers did what they did? People thought people Jabari thought, Parker. Yes, I could believe. People thought Jabari Parker was going to be the next LeBron James. They did. I mean, that was a that was a very real talk coming out of Simeon High School in Chicago, Illinois. He was the. But then they realized he was mm-hmm. fat. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a little he's a little chunky, isn't he? Okay, he sure yeah, is. he's not gonna be LeBron, uh, but. Both of their careers, hey, how they, they just – Wiggins, that – can you – I love how they keep refreshing that they, – they keep bringing to light that uh, the Minnesota front office wants to meet with Andrew Wiggins before signing him to the Supermax. And everybody's bringing that, that back up and is like, a, m- a moment we'll all remember in history. Because you remember when that meeting happened? We And we were like, they're not really going to give him the max, are they? Like, are they really – Going to give well, the Andrew thing was Wiggins the thing about it was the they max. were
1: like, uh, they had to, Wiggins had to promise to the front office that he would play better before they gave him the deal. <laughs> that was the report.
0: Sure am, coach. Just like, you got it. Where do I sign? $144 million to play better? Sure as hell I am. Guarantee he's, it. He's
1: probably the sixth best player
0: on the on the Warriors right now. And he's their number two option, which is gross. Yeah. So I do. On like that him. note, Michael Porter, though get him in on that note james wiseman looked kind of good that yeah, of was really good he was a good he was what they needed he should have been a kentucky wildcat so r.i.p he didn't Damn. play at all so that's, it doesn't matter that sucks um yeah that's that's all i got for for um that category where do you want to go next um let's do let's just talk about one more thing here
1: and then kind of wrap things up let's see okay. here um is there
0: anyone we really haven't talked about, or uh, we we kind of hit all the sweet spots? Um, let's see. Uh, Tyler Hero, we haven't really talked about, but you know he's good. We're excited about him. Um, Jamal Murray. We yeah, let's, really talk, talk about let's, him. let's talk about Jamal Murray for a
1: second, actually, because he was in my post as a a guy that I wanted to see as a breakout candidate, but in the sense that like he could win most improved player as opposed to he needs to Ooh, redefine his career. Well, he's actually, he's, yeah. he was, when the odds were initially released, he was the odds on favorite. Now I think Jaron Jackson is kind of, uh, I think tied him at this point, but, uh, yeah. a lot of people are riding the Jamal Murray train just because, you know, he kind of did the thing what Booker did in the bubble, except he did it on a much larger sample where he, you know, completed two, three, one comebacks, which you can kind of look at those however you'd like, because the opposing teams essentially collapsed. And then uh, the Lakers, you know, exposed how or, or all of the, the Nuggets flaws in the next round. So it, it it'll for Jamal Murray to improve, it's going to be difficult just because it's hard to improve on 18 points a game and, you know, already playing as a borderline all star. But they that's what the Nuggets need if they want to actually like, you know, battle against the Lakers and the Clippers, because as good as Nikola Jokic is, is if Jamal Murray doesn't turn into an all-star or Michael Porter Jr. by extent, um, they're not going to be able to contend with those teams. They're just not. So I think it's a big year for Murray in that sense. And he's, you know, he's got this big contract now. He's
0: got to live up to the hype. Yeah. A lot of expectations. it's, It's very clear that the Nuggets like see that in him and are hoping that like they've, they've kind of put all their eggs in one basket with him and have kind of said, he needs to be an all-star. He needs to be our, our star of the future. So, you know, And he
1: he showcased he could. So it's just a matter of, I guess, carrying it over 72 days later, 73 days later.
0: Isn't it funny how the narrative quickly changed from Gary Harris as their guy in the backcourt and how we all we all kind of said, dude, you know Jamal Murray's the one, right? Like every like everybody that followed that team closely and like and and knew what both both of those players brought to the table, like Gary Harris is fine, but it was very clear very early that Jamal Murray would end up being that guy. Yeah. And and it's I'm very I'm just very happy that they finally came to their senses and are giving him that platform. And I would much rather have them need him to be a superstar than not realize what they had and just let him be that, you know, six man point guard role off the bench. Like he needs to be this, he needs to have this role that they have given him. Yeah. And I
1: think he's, he's assumed it. He likes it. He embraces it. You know, he showed all the makings of being a future all-star and a pretty decent sample size in Orlando. So I think we're going to see a a big year from Murray, but he ha- he kind of has to have a big year, and you know Denver's going to be really really good. I'm a big I'm high on Denver. I, I'm high on a lot of Western Conference teams like Dallas and um, the Lakers, obviously, and Clippers. But uh, put Denver right at four there, if not number three.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I I like them a lot. You when are you going to release your little uh, complete complete breakdown of of your little like preseason standings? Is, is that going to come to light? Is, is I haven't, real I have it
1: written down. It's, it's actually sitting on my fridge right now. I made it two days ago. Uh,
0: yeah. Or the, yeah. It I, sent, I, sent it, I sent it to you. That's right. Um, I like, I, I like it a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll post something on KSR for it. Yeah. yeah like uh, KSR's, you know, MBA, uh, I should have gotten your BBN.
1: I'll, I'll throw some BBNBA uh,
0: superlatives in there and stuff like that. And I'll just make it a whole Superlatives. Thing. That's, that'll be, that'll be a great post. Yeah. I, I agree with a lot of them i'm very excited for our fans to see them for the first time yep we got uh four, 14 games tonight
1: 14, 14 15, whole 13, games 13 games uh all 26 teams that didn't play last night are playing so there's 13 games tonight two of them are on tv um a bunch of uk guys will be playing so it'll be fun um obviously you know john wall and boogie are out because of covid stuff. Uh, Rondo's not playing. I think Darius Miller's not playing, a couple other guys. But for the most part, like I think cat's supposed to play and um Booker and all that. So good times. The Cavs play the Hornets tonight at seven. So I get to finally see uh a coro in regular season action and I'm I'm looking forward. I think sexton is as healthy. So um no Kevin left tonight for the Cavs, but they're gonna mm. they're shooting for number number th- the third worst record in the East is what we're going for this year. Third worst. The Cavs
0: are going to be very bad this year. They sure very, are. Very, 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 very bad. They're fun I just to watch helped. for about I 10 helped. games. And then I I'm very scared. Ready. I'm very scared about uh, the Nets overtaking the Celtics as the like number two, number three type team in the East. I'm very worried about that. I believe in looked, the Celtics. They looked very good. I believe in Jason Tatum. I believe in Jalen Brown. I don't believe in Kemba Walker long term. I think his injury stuff is going to be, here's my dream scenario. We realize that Kemba, his long-term health isn't going to be in. And we realize that his, that he's not going to win a title for the Celtics because we saw that short injured point guards don't work for the Celtics anymore. So I hope they realize that by the trade deadline. And we, uh, we use that trick, that, trade player exception for that. We have that $30 million player exception for it. And I hope we put together a fun little package because that would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm still on, I'm, I, I like the Celtics over the, the Nets in the regular season, just because I think the uh, Celtics are better uh, coasting during the regular season. I think the Nets will take games off. And I just think purely based on that, I, I do think the Celtics will probably be the better team by regular season. But, Come playoff time, I, I don't know, man. If the Nets are the exact same that they are right now with this depth, and if they could somehow manage to add James Harden or something like that, then
0: yeah, check out. that would be that would be filthy. If there's one person that might be able to screw up the chemistry on that team, it might be James Harden. So fingers That's crossed. Very true. That's very fingers true. Fingers crossed. I think they All got right, good well, strip clubs in Brooklyn. I think so too. All right, well, we will get the heck out of here, uh, Zach. working and fans find your work? They can find me
1: on Kentucky My name is Zach Gagan, G E O G H E G A
0: N. You can also follow me on Twitter at Z Gagan KSR. Uh, find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at J Pilgrim at Kentucky sports com. Enjoy the opening uh, little slate of games. It's going to be a good time. Hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. I, christmas is friday i don't know if we're going to actually record on christmas if it's right we'll 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 figure that part out but we will have a uk specific show for you guys in the very near future uh enjoy your time with your families be safe and have a very merry christmas and happy holidays we'll see you next time